With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 115 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you so much for downloading. All our previous episodes are available on fightdisciples.com. We did a boatload for you last week, didn't we? We gave you a, a Carl Frampton interview and a Hara Davis interview. Um, a Josh Taylor interview. We even uh, spoke to Michael Conlon at the end of the week and we also had our boxing and UFC show. So it's all there for you last week. Still all relevant. Go and have a little bit of a nosy in there, especially with the Battle of Britain coming up this weekend. You can hear from Josh Taylor and O'Hara Davis all on our website. Uh, We're also on social media as well at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram where you can see Nick's lovely face. He was spending a little bit of time with his uh, his mate Dan Hardy and John Gooden yesterday as they were shooting the UFC Glasgow Breakdown Show. Uh, we'll talk about that in depth on Thursday with our UFC podcast. Uh, and if you are a subscriber on iTunes, one, thank you very much. If you're not a subscriber, come on, hit the subscribe button, man. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're banging out the free content for you, free award-winning content every single week, which you can get stuck into. And if you'll be so kind as to write us a lovely five-star review, it helps us greatly when it comes to uh, the iTunes charts and visibility because it's not just on downloads, the iTunes chart. If it was, we'd, we'd be number one, man. We'd be number one, but it's not just on that. You need reviews, you need subscribers, you need all sorts of stuff on there. So if you can help us out, that would be... Uh, We'd be incredibly grateful for that. Um, there's only one place to start, mate. Isn't there? Are we gloating? Are we gloating? Um, th- we should we- gloat. This is an opportunity. Are we right to gloat? When we should gloat. I think we're right to gloat. We told everybody to bet on Jeff Horn. Okay, we can gloat on that. We told the world, we bet can- on Jeff Horn. There you go, we can Throw a cheeky point. tenner on Jeff Horn. Six That's to what one. we said. Six to one, man. Two, the odds were too good to mm. miss. I got a... Uh, Did I- you bet? <laughs> I, well, I've got messages from people that have showed me um, screenshots of their bet slips from various bookies saying, hey, man, cashed in, got 80-odd quid or got 60-odd quid. People are annoyed that they didn't go bigger. They've yeah, only got yeah. fives and ten quid on the actual uh, We did, we did only age of tenner. We never Yo, said, mate, don't put, put your more. mortgage on it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, were, we were on the fence ourselves, right? But they went in. They went in and they yeah. made a few quid. Uh, a few uh, people listening to last week's show did make a few quid because we said, listen, this is not a far go, uh, a far gone conclusion. Um, Manny Pacquiao is not the animal that he once was. Definitely not. Uh, and Jeff Horn in his and home not city. To lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. Um, Undefeated fighter and with heavy hands. So that was exactly why we, we di- directed everybody to have a little flutter. As usual, I didn't. I always find that if I tip, if I've got a good tip like that, you can't place the I bet. I can't place the bet. Like I even t- told my dad, texted a few of my mates, and was like, listen, get on, Jeff. Them odds are crazy for a two horse race, especially at this level, especially about an undefeated fighter in his own backyard against a guy that's, you know, hurtling towards a career in, in, in politics and no longer got his eye on the ball and isn't. You know, it isn't the animal he once was, as you just said. It was too good an opportunity to miss, but I couldn't have a flutter on it. However, what I will say is to any of our listeners that did have a flutter, that I've got a few readies in the pocket now, can I just direct you to Fighters Only? Uh, fight, 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 fight Only Magazine! Fight, fight Disciples, Fight Disciples website, 
where you will visit our store. We've got our beautiful logo classic Why are you tees. talking like that? This is how you sell t-shirts. You do it? a voiceover for this it. Is, yeah, this is how you do it. Crack on. Beautiful classic logo tee. Just £10 now, just £10 of your winnings, and you can get yourself a limited edition classic logo tee. Soon to be worn by Conor McGregor, as produced by Manny Pacquiao Enterprises. In the Philippines. Yep. Um, they are available on our website if you fancy getting your hands on one. We're going to have to talk about the fight because the title of this show is Daylight Robbery. The reason why I've gone with Daylight Robbery is because, one, the fight was in daylight and many people are classing it as a robbery. Just Never! In, just, well, just in case you think, uh, we think that, Nick has just kind of jumped on the back of it by shouting the words never. For me, not in a million years is this a robbery. I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm dumbfounded really. Mm-hmm. There's people that listen to this show that have a brain and have communicated with us over the last 24 to 48 hours of the way that they scored the fight. Now, I have absolutely no problem whatsoever with anybody scoring that fight for Manny Pacquiao. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. I have no problem with anybody scoring that fight for Jeff Owen. Depends what you like, whether you like a come-forward, aggressive, mauling style or you like somebody pot-shotting on the back foot. Whatever you're into, cool. Mm -hmm. However you saw scoring that fight, cool. But to class that as a robbery for Manny Pacquiao not to win that fight because you believe that clearly he won. Well, clearly he didn't. No. There was no way, there's no way on earth that either fighter clearly won that fight. Absolutely no chance whatsoever. And if you genuinely believe that, you you don't know boxing. I'm sorry, but you don't. You do not know boxing. For Teddy Atlas, the American commentator on ESPN, to be going crazy at the end of the fight to say that Manny Pacquiao was robbed, it's an absolute travesty. You're a dickhead, mate. You're an yeah. absolute knob. You well, are the he's type just of person. himself for what he is, and yeah. that's someone that's protecting his own interests. Absolutely, because he's so far up Bob Arum's ass because he's got his gig with ESPN. It's a joke. Listen, do not listen to characters like that because he has an alternate agenda yeah. with what he's saying. That, for me, spreads all this, oh, it's a robbery type thing, and therefore all these people getting involved and talking about this being a robbery at the weekend, that's bad for boxing. Not not what happened at the weekend, not the actual fight, not the scoring, apart from maybe 117-111. We'll get to that a bit later on. Mm-hmm. But for, for the outrage of people like Teddy Atlas and Dan Raphael on ESPN, who, who writes for your ESPN, right? Because they want Manny Pacquiao to be an ESPN star. They want him to stay there. Come on, get your head out your asses. Yeah. This is why they are saying these things. That's that... Because this, because of the way that this fight went at the weekend and because Manny Pacquiao loses his belt, Manny Pacquiao ain't fighting on ESPN anytime soon, you know? Yeah. This could be the end of his road. They want him still there. There's a reason why they were saying these things. There's no way on earth that this is a, a robbery. And I'll tell you for why. I've watched this fight on two separate occasions and I've scored it differently on two separate occasions. The first time that I watched it, in the early hours when it was live, half asleep, let's be straight, because my kids are up and what have you, and I'm watching it to the best of my ability to score this fight legitimately, okay? And I finished scoring the fight 115-114 in favour of Pacquiao. Now, at the end of the fight, I felt a bit dirty after me scoring. And the reason why I felt dirty after me scoring is because Manny Pacquiao was a shadow of his former self. He's not the same animal as we told you on last week's show. And to be fair, he didn't even start fighting really until round seven round eight he didn't get going till that round Mm -hmm. and there was many occasions in those early rounds where i was thinking has jeff done enough has manny done enough i don't know if either of them have done enough to take this round and you know what i'm like i've said on this show on many occasions that i'm reluctant to score 10 10 rounds so the first time round i thought to myself manny probably did enough 
And that's not the right way to go about scoring this fight. Manny probably did enough. You don't win rounds because you're an eight-division world champion. That's, that just doesn't happen. No. You don't win rounds just because you're a Hall of Famer. You don't win rounds just because your name's Manny Pacquiao. Sorry, you just don't. I made a mistake the first time round that I was scoring that, and I went, okay, I'll, I'll give it in because I don't know. It's so tight. We've got a guy that's dominated maybe for two and a half minutes, coming forward, being dead aggressive. But then for 30 seconds, Manny Pacquiao pot-shotted him on the back foot. Mm, okay, I'll give it to Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, Can't do that. No. So the second time I watched it, I thought, right, I am just going to judge each round minute by minute and I'm going to go off the back of that. Because all these people talking about CompuBox stats, fucking stick your CompuBox stats up your ass. They do not mean anything. They are so lopsided. They don't tell you anything. CompuBox told us that Manny Pacquiao won the first round. There's not a person on the planet exactly. that believes that Manny Pacquiao won the, won the first round. So I watched that <laughs> second time round, and I score it 117-116 to Jeff Horn. Okay. It's narrow. Yeah. Narrow either way. But I'm not. Appalled so you had a quite the a, there's quite a few drawn rounds then, isn't there? You've scored quite you a few ten tens there. As I look back at it, I think I scored six ten ten rounds, and that's Jesus. because and that's and I hate doing it. Yeah, but I had to be fair. Yeah, yeah. How can Manny, how can I justify and go Manny Pacquiao definitely won that round? Yeah. For me, looking at the whole thing, Manny Pacquiao clearly won one round, mate. Yeah, yeah. He won one round clearly, convincingly. Yeah, yeah. There was one massive round, obviously. Round nine. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. But it's. Uh, have you got your scorecard in front of you? Have you yeah. made a note of what you've got? Let's let's run through it because I, I watched it. I was alerting you of your moment there because I could see there was a vein coming out the top <laughs> of your head, so I didn't want to butt in at anything. Yeah. Through fear of getting slapped myself. But uh, the way I seen it was, I watched it first thing, uh, first thing uh, after the fight. I watched the replay straight away. But I had the kids in the room and whatever else, and I'm watching it and I'm going, oh, won that? Oh, he's won that. So I was like you. Every close round, I was like, oh, "Probably see you much there." Probably, probably Manny. And then as I got towards the end of the fight, and I seen Jeff Horn getting more and more marked up, I'm like, hmm, "He's doing well, Jeff Horn, but he, he must be he must be swallowing something." I, you know, I give that round to Manny. And then at the end, I thought, "Christ, this has gone to the wire. This is this is really close." But Pacquiao will get it. Pacquiao will get it. And I was like, hmm, "Box Nation guys seem to be saying the exact opposite." I thought I'd have to watch that again. So I watched it that night, and I'm thinking, right, okay, I'm going to watch it properly now. I had a couple of beers, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in the zone. But, you know, I'm watching it, but, I'm, you know, you're on social media as well. You're, you're messing about, and I'm going, okay. So I get to the end of the fight, and I thought, no, Jeff Horn definitely won that fight. Definitely won that fight. So I come away from that thinking, I go to London yesterday, and I'm sat and chatting to Dan Hardy about it, and I'm saying, oh, yeah, yeah, Dan Holm won the fight. I watched it again last night. He definitely wins that fight on aggression. Wins too many rounds. Pacquiao's shadow was for myself. Didn't really do anything except in that ninth round. Couldn't finish the fight in the tenth round, which old Manny would have done. Mm. Listen, Jeff Horn definitely won that fight. No ifs, no buts. Then on the train back from London, I'm seeing on social media, and I'm seeing Lennox Lewis, and I'm seeing people saying it was, a, and I'm hearing about uh, Ted Atlas's commentary in America, where he's saying Pacquiao won practically every round. And I'm like, what the hell are they? Moron. So I thought, right, before we record this show, I've got to watch this fight again so gets home from london last night after nine o'clock puts gets jane into bed kids are asleep goes downstairs cup of tea phone in front of me off right i'm gonna watch the fight and i'm gonna score the fight and i scored it last night but to be honest even the close rounds i'm going 
okay, but you know, I'll, I'll go with Manny then. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tip it to Manny. But can you do that? No, no, I should, probably should have scored in 10 10. So last night I scored it a draw. So I've I've now watched that fight three times and I've scored it three different ways. So so last night I I, I, I gave the first to Horn. Yeah. I gave the second to Horn, but I, I, said, I made a note to say it was close. Level for me. Okay. The third round I gave to Manny, but I made a note to say it was close. I gave it Horn. The fourth round I gave to Manny. I gave it level. The fifth round I gave to Horn, but yeah. I said it was close. I went Horn. Six round Horn, seven round Horn. Six round Horn, seven round level. Eighth round and ninth round, both to Manny. Eighth round level. Ninth round. Massive for Manny. Massive Manny, to the extent where I've scored it 10-8, ah. even without a knockdown. All right, okay. interesting, interesting, okay. Uh, tenth round I gave to Horn. Phenomenal, the way he came back in that tenth round. Yeah, I gave it. I actually gave it level. Right, okay. Mainly because I was swayed by what I saw. The, the I was maybe expecting Manny to come out and finish him. Finish him, yeah. Oh, no, I thought, I thought home won the 10th round. Go on. 11th round, I scored to Manny, but yeah. I made a note to say it was very close. Could have gone either way. You gave it Manny. And then final round, I gave it to Manny. I gave it level. See so, what I mean? That's so, how close it was. So 17-16. So I scored it 1-1-4, 1-1-4, a draw. So, <clears throat> listen... But get it out of your head. Whatever you whatever you read, and as as we just said, then be careful about listening to people who've got an agenda. This is we're, listen. We're the fight disciples. We're entitled to no fucker. People who listen to this show know that we just speak the truth. We just call it how we see it. And whether you agree with us or you don't agree, that's cool. But you've just got to try and be, remember that we don't work for ESPN. We haven't got an agenda. We don't work for any promoters. We haven't got an agenda based on any fighter. We have our favourites, of course. Mm. We do like everybody has their favourites, but we don't kind of side with anyone. Listen. If it was about our favourites, we'd both be saying, oh, Manny won. Manny's won here because we don't want to see Manny Pacquiao finished. However, you've got to pay respect to Jeff Horn. I thought his tactics were great. To be honest, I think Jeff Horn's... I wasn't that impressed with him technically as a no, boxer. terrible. He gets caught square on. Yeah, so terrible. He rushes forward and then he's, he's standing square on. I'm thinking, one shot down the pipe and you're gone. Like uh, There's nothing... When Afterwards, when they were talking about... I heard them talking about Errol Spence, and I heard them talking oh, about... Guess, oh, man, I'm just don't thinking, bother. Jesus Christ. Well, the only thing that Jeff Owen should be doing is thinking about a rematch with Manny Pacquiao, because if he got paid a million for that, he'll get paid 10 million for the rematch, because yeah. they need to get that belt back if they want to set Manny Pacquiao up with Terence Crawford or whoever. Yeah. Right? Listen, if it was that much of a robbery, Fre- Freddie Roach, Manny's career trainer, would not be have come out to press and say... I'm going to speak to Manny. I think that's the end of the road. Yeah. Freddie Roach wouldn't have said that if he'd been robbed. Manny Pacquiao was not robbed. It was a very close fight. It was an ugly fight. It was scruffy. Them head clashes were horrible. Obviously, Manny ended up ended up cut to bits. Jeff, I think a lot of the head clashes were what caused the damage on Jeff for me. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. His face was all bashed up because of the head clashes. But categorically, that was not a robbery. It was a close fight. And I, it could have gone either way. I just want to uh, go through a couple, because on social media last night, because I know that me and you kind of have similar opinions when we look at fight. We're kind of into the same thing. So, yeah. we, so we would judge it, I guess, very similarly, as we've as we just proven yeah, there, yeah. we've been extremely close. So I chucked something on our social media last night because I respect a lot of people that uh, follow us on social media and listen to the show. Um, they're fight fans as much as we are and therefore might be into different things. So I wanted to try and give a, a very balanced opinion of that scoring. Now, Alan Lloyd, thank you very much for responding to us last night, mate. He's gone for, listen, it was an extreme, extremely, this is word for word what he said, extremely close fight. I I, I either had it a 6-6 draw, mm-hmm. round by round, uh, or a 7-5 to Horn. He was the most aggressive trying to win the fight. Rematch, hashtag no need, I agree. <laughs> well, for, for Jeff, for 10 million quid, mate, yeah, I'd take the rematch, <laughs> yeah. all right? 
Uh, ben Larkin, 114-113 towards Pacquiao. He had the ninth, same as me, a 10-8, even though there wasn't a knockdown in there. Um, and he was absolutely shocked that Manny couldn't stop uh, him in the following round, as you've in just said tenth. two minutes yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, Robbie Roberts has gone for Horn by two points. Um, who else have we got here? Um, Stephen Kearsley, no doubt Horn won, but it was very, very, very close. 7-5 Horn for me. See, everybody's on kind of the same page with where we're at with it. Um, there are people on here that said um, that Manny Pacquiao won that. Not one person has said Manny Pacquiao has won every single round. There's one guy here, and I totally respect this. I'm just trying to find his name because I've just gone into a little bit of a conversation with him on, on social media who scored it um, 116-112 towards Manny. So Manny by four rounds, okay. all right? But he did say at the bottom, and this is what I like, right? Because if you get into a debate with stuff like this, don't be an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Don't be an arsehole about it. Just because you've got an opinion doesn't mean you're right. Just because we've got an opinion doesn't mean we're right. You've got yeah. an opinion, but bring it to the table and debate it properly. There's a geezer on our social media who says, I scored it 116, 112 for money. I don't understand why somebody who's just aggressive can win the fight. And okay, that's that's what he sees. Yeah. But he can understand why the other people see that, that as a as a positive in the world of boxing. These people that, like Teddy Atlas, for example, who were totally disregarding the what uh, Jeff Horn did in that fight, rather yeah. than saying, oh, he was brave. Fuck that. Listen, he had a tactic, and for me, that tactic worked. Uh, if, if you're going to disregard pressure fighting, if you're going to disregard getting on someone's chest and roughing them up on the inside and throwing body shots and getting a little bit ugly, yeah. then you've got to go back and look at Ricky Atten's fucking career and take off every single points decision that he's ever won. Yeah. Because True. that's how we went about fighting. Exactly, yeah. Pressure fighter, yeah. So, so thank you so much for responding to what we put out there. Um, Don't forget night. on ESPN as well. In the run up to you know to the to the fight, which was broadcast in the US, obviously we got the Box Nation broadcast over here. But uh, a friend of mine who lives in the US had spoke to him about it, and he was like, "The reason Teddy Atlas and all them are so one sided is because you didn't see the two hours build up to the fight that we saw, where they basically." Champion Manny yeah. as the greatest boxer of all time, the only ever eight weight world champion. They had this entire debate on why he's the greatest boxer of sports and ever we're seen. not denying that. And they had all this stuff, but then they're, they're also saying Jeff Horn's a tin can. They don't know any. He's seventeen and oh, but who's, who's he actually beat though? Who's he actually beat on his record? Like they just completely and utterly in their build up disregarded Jeff because Horn. They, look they said it's going to be a blowout for Manny. Manny's going to destroy him. So when the fight actually happens, it's in their interest to go. Well, actually, yeah. Well, you know, that's obviously a Manny round. Oh, that Manny's won that. Clearly, he's just ca- he's just landed two counters. Yeah, two counters in the last thirty seconds. What's happened in the last two and a half fucking minutes where yeah, Jeff's yeah. been pressuring and pushing him backwards? So th- they've got an interest to build Manny up and to defend Manny Pacquiao. And now they'll probably try and spin it and go, "Oh, we got robbed in Australia. Let's not go back there. Come on, Manny, let's go over here." Freddie Roach is the fucking key for me. Freddie Roach knows Manny better than anyone. And for Freddie Roach not to come out and say robbery, for him to come out and go. Probably, probably time for Manny to hang him up. That says it all. Exactly, because he's taking his eye off the ball. For me, Manny Pacquiao, forget that he's 38 years of age or whatever he is. You look at him, he's obviously still a fit fella, and he's still got some ability. There's no question about that. Is he the same killer that we saw in 2009 that knocked out Ricky Hatton and knocked out Miguel Cotto? Absolutely not. The killer instinct is not there. Manny Pacquiao gets somebody in trouble in the ninth round like he got Jeff Warren in trouble in that ninth round. He finishes it there and then. End of chat. The killer instinct is not there. I don't know what it is. I don't know why he's softened. Maybe it's because his eye is not firmly fixed on boxing anymore. He's more asked about his political career. That's fine. Absolutely fine. But then... 
don't defend um, and make these excuses saying, oh, he was robbed in Australia. No, he wasn't. No. He was beaten in Australia. End no, of chat. And uh, like you said, if Freddie's saying hang him up, then, exactly. then now it's time. Well, listen, what do, what do, as you say, ESPN have only just got him. They've just got him on terrestrial TV there. It's the first fight he's had since 2005 or something. That wasn't pay-per-view. Yeah. They've got these... He's, they now see him as like the flagship of ESPN boxing. They don't want him to be washed up and finished, but I'm sorry, he is finished. He is finished. If he couldn't finish Jeff Horn in that 10th round, that was his whole opportunity. Mm. That had been the moment he'd been waiting for as an aging fighter for the Australian to, one, slow down, which Jeff pretty much didn't do, but two, get him in trouble and then finish the fight. He got him in trouble in the ninth. Jeff was lucky, you know, he was he was hanging on towards that final bell, stumbling everywhere. We seen the, the commentary with the corner team going to his corner. And then in the aftermath, Jeff's dad, who was in the corner, who, he wasn't the lead corner, but he was actually in the corner, said, if I'd have had the towel, I'd have thrown it in in the ninth round because I'd seen enough as his dad. But his corner team were going, you going out in the tent, but you better show us something. And then the referee said, listen, Jeff, you better show me something. And Jeff did. Jeff went out and, for me, won the round. It was a close round, but I thought he won the round. Mm. Certainly did enough to stay in the fight. Yeah. So, listen, Manny Pacquiao, of his younger years, would never, ever have let him off the hook like that. But Manny Pacquiao, age 38, and at this stage in his life, hasn't got it in the tank anymore. Mm. Watch fights with your eyes, not with your ears. Yeah, That's, all careful, man, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. One man that definitely isn't finished is our boy from Friday. We had a chat with him on Friday, didn't we? Michael Conlon, baby. Sure did. I'll tell you something. How cool and calm and collected have you got to be to know that full well that you're beating somebody up to then beckon the referee in to say, listen, mate, this, I'm giving this guy an hiding. Can you stop yeah. the fight, please? Yeah, exactly. I thought he... Uh, I, I think when the fight was announced, <clears throat> we were a bit like... Is this guy good enough? You know, blah blah. And I think I even said in the build-up, I was like, "Why did he put him in with this Jarrett Owen? You know, he's got a he's got a dodgy record. He's five, four, and three. And Michael Conlon's beyond this. They should put him in there with the Australian national champion as well." Not realising, sorry, when I checked the stacks, he actually fought for the Australian national title in the fight previous, but it was a draw. He drew that fight. He, he, so in th- in some ways, I was kind of right. But I was. I'm also holding me holding my hand up and going. They did put him on with the in with the you know the Australian title challenger if you like. So I thought watching a ring walk, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Jared mm-hmm. with the full Mexican rig yeah, out going on. It. I was like, go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Listen, son, if you're gonna do it, because look at look at Jared's record. You know that was his fifth loss in in, in 13 fights. Um, that was his moment. You know, he, he's, this is a lad from Brisbane, Australia. He's you know. This is as high as he's going to get. This is the biggest night he's ever going to experience. And can make, does he do it in style or what? Big sombrero on, yeah, yeah. big Mexican moustache. It's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to go out in style. But uh, it's all about levels, obviously. Levels and uh, once Michael Conlon had him in trouble. To be honest, as soon as the fight started, I was just thinking, as soon as Michael Conlon goes to the body here, this is over. Clinical, wasn't he? Yeah. He sniffed it and he, and he, and he took him out. Three. Likes that third round, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Th- yeah. Three straight victories for Michael um, where he, well, he's already said to us last week that it will be September 22nd next time he's out if he doesn't get that call for August 26th to be on the undercard. I doubt it very no. much, mainly because Top happen. Rank and uh, Bob yeah. Arum don't really happen. get on with Floyd. So it's going to be very, very tough, even though he is mates with Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, but September 22nd, I think he said Arizona. Uh, there are plans to fight in Boston, which is a big Irish community out in the States as well, Huge, around yeah. October, November. I mean, even before the end of the year, he is begging to get his backside over to Belfast to fight in front of his home fans. I think they'd absolutely love that. Yeah, they would, yeah. In, in, in Belfast. Isn't the, talk of, uh, isn't the talk of his brother Jamie fighting for a title and potentially Michael mm. being on the undercard? Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. stuff. So that that would certainly be a massive night for Belfast boxing. But I expect I expect Michael Conlon now will, will will go over to LA and will be a part of Connor's camp. I would have thought he'll probably work in the build up to uh, you know once once Connor moves back over to LA, which I'm sure he will be doing shortly. Uh, comes out of Dublin, I think uh, Conlon will probably join that camp and exper- as he told us in that interview, he wants to experience it. You know, the big fight, yeah. There's, there ain't going to be no bigger fight to experience. So mm. get yourself uh, on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, us chatting with uh, Michael Conlon last week. Uh, he talks about that. He also talks about um, celebrity endorsement of products. Mr. Tato, the crisps from Ireland, <laughs> sent him 120 packets pre fight. Come on, man. Talk about tempting some kid as he's trying to make weight. <laughs> Hopefully, he's nailed. Why pre fight? I don't know. Why the <laughs> fuck didn't he send it? The moment he knocked the kid out, they should have put it in the post box. There you go. Why send it? Knock yourself out, son. Go on. Fill your boots. Uh, hopefully, he has filled his boots on that plane ride back. Who owns, who owns Mr. Tato? Mr. Tato? Yeah, but who, who really owns it? Mr. Tato. Don't yeah. play with people's imaginations. They've got have, a gimmick. I'd have a little look there and just see where Ryan Burnett's family and what they own. <laughs> see where the connections are there. See if the Burnett family are actually the Tato family. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Manny Pacquiao, Jeff Owen, wasn't the only fight that we experienced uh, over the weekend. And obviously Michael Conlon. Uh, there was other f- stuff going on uh, on our shows as well here in the UK. Sky put a little bit of a card on. Um, at the O2 Arena, showcasing some of their up-and-coming rising talents. Um, and Elliot Wassell, a friend of ours who uh, mm-hmm. writes various magazines, couldn't have put this better in 140 characters on Twitter uh, if I'd have tried so myself. I was thinking of the words, actually, of how to put it on without insulting anybody he's, at Sky. He's, uh, he, I've worked alongside Elliot and read his books and I've known Elliot for a Very good. long time. And he's one of them people, kind of like Brian Reed at the Daily Mirror for me as well, a columnist, I... Uh, Elliot will write something, you go, fuck, you just, you just pulled that out of my brain and yeah. made it sound good. He does that all the time, Elliot, really good writer. Word for word, Sky need a fast forward button, hashtag uh, red button, uh, to skip the first 10 fights of an Olympian's career. Let's get to the real shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Spot on. Oh, you've nailed it, mate. You've nailed it. Because I was, tra- I was trying to think of a way of putting it so succinct without insulting anybody. Right? <laughs> you nailed it, mate. Yeah. To be fair, using the word insulting, it is insulting. To them, as fighters, they are used to fighting elite amateur fighters, the likes of Boatze, the likes of Akola. They're used to being in with elite amateur fighters and blowing these kids away. We saw Boatze at the Blooming Olympics knocking kids out, yeah. you know, in the amateur game. It's insulting to him, and it's also insulting to fans in a way, you know what I mean? No, it's, it's not. It's massively insulting to well, fans. Yeah, I, I under, Boatze... Do you know what this card was Saturday night? This was the card that we've just fucking... We, last week's show, we said Friday Night Boxing, Next Gen Series, mm. brilliant. We love it because you're not trying to pull the wool over our eyes. You're going, listen, guys, we're going to do Friday Night Boxing. It's going to be the Next Gen Series. Learning it's all fights. about these young kids. Learning it's all about fights, them coming yeah. through. If this card at the O2 from Saturday night is on, on Friday night and it's part of the Next Gen Series, I've got no qualms whatsoever. Mm. But to put this out on a Saturday night and to try and pretend that this is a proper fight card with proper fights on it, is bullshit, I'm afraid, because there was only one fight on it that was actually competitive, maybe mm. two. Mm. The rest of it was just a complete and utter shutout. I, I messaged you, didn't I? I went, I ain't watching this. I mm. fucking ain't watching this. It's hard to watch. There was nothing, there was nothing on there that got me excited at all. And, and I include the main events as well, the British title fights as well. I watched that the next day because I was just like, 
There's no reason for me to pay my Sky Sky Sports subscription to watch this event. Like I don't I don't pay for my Sky Sports subscription because I pay for it to watch boxing predominantly to watch events like this. This is a next gen series fight card, and mm. I was disappointed that Sky would put this out on a Saturday night and bill it as anything but. Uh, we listen. We, we are confident, even though we can't really comment off the back of what we saw on Saturday night, we're confident that Boazzi, that Okole, that uh, Reese Bellotti, even though he's not Olympian, that Reese Bellotti, people like that will go on to achieve great things in the game. Yeah. But don't insult them by pissing about for 10 fights. Yeah. Don't insult us for pissing about for 10 fights. Stick them in with someone half decent. Now, it's a similar situation what we've just been talking about with Michael Conlon. The yeah. two good... The guys that they are in with, I don't care about this, oh, yeah, we've got to do these learning fights and learn about the big stage. Fuck's sake, they fought at the Olympics. Yeah, Get them in there with someone half decent and motor them along, getting into title fights, three, four fights in. Hopefully that will happen. Uh, and we get to see some uh, some serious scraps, as we are going to do this but weekend listen, with O'Hara Davis and Josh Taylor. Yeah, by the yeah, way. but but even even on those guys, yeah. Listen, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't hating on the Buatzi. No, not at all, because it was his pro debut. It's like whatever. Like he's he's got to experience something. He's got to he's got to start somewhere. What I'm hating is Jamie Cox warming up for the World Boxing Series by fighting a guy that's already been knocked out twice this year. Mm. What the fuck does that do for Jamie Cox? Mm. Like, he, he blows him away in one round. What was the point? What was the point in that? I, I just, if you're gonna if you're gonna give him a fight to to get him, because obviously Jamie Cox makes his super middleweight debut last time out, didn't look great. looked looked you know Look like the same Jamie Cox he's been like since he came back and you know willing to to take a shot to land a shot. Was was this just to build his confidence or whatever? Why are the border control signing off opponents like this guys who've been knocked out twice this year already mm. to fight Jamie Cox who's about to go in the tournament with supposedly the best super middleweights on the planet? Which we which we talk about on our weak ass, uh, just weak man. I'm, I'm upset about this fight card. I really am. Uh, on that world uh, series uh, of boxing, we uh, we talk about that on our Radio City Talk Show. Go and download it um, because even though the cruiserweights looks good. Super middleweights does not look good at all, but we'll, we, we talk about that on our Radio City Talk Show. It's available on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, the main event was Bullioni against uh, Summers. Do you know something? Okay, it was a scrap. It was an okay scrap, yeah. but that's the level. We're not yeah. talking... A, I'm not going to sit here and go, these guys are going to be world champ. No. I'm not going to say that because it's just not going to happen. Not even going to say that they, they're going to go on to become European champ. I doubt it. But as British level fighting, fighting for a Lonsdale belt, I'm okay with it. It was competitive. It was a bit, you know, it was okay. But it's not one of them we're all going to go absolutely crazy for. Because for me, if you're looking at light heavyweights in Britain, we've got Nathan Cleverley, obviously, who's right up there at world level. Probably the only one at this moment in time that's at world level. We'll leave him on his own. We'll take him out the. We'll take him out and go, go on, you clear off and fight whoever you want to go and fight at world level, mate. If you're talking about lads that maybe haven't necessarily proved it at British level as of yet, I mean, you've just had Boazzi in the main, the alleged main event, his, his coming out party, who I believe will go on, because I saw him at the Olympics, he will go on to really make a stink in this division. It will be an exciting ride. Obviously, you've got Isaac Chamberlain that's knocking about as well that probably will do a very similar thing. But for me, Anthony Yard, who's fighting this weekend, makes mm-hmm. mincemeat out of the whole division. It's yeah. not even a discussion. You stick him in with Frank Bullione and he'll finish him in three rounds. Yeah. Even though Frank Bullione is a tough old customer and what have you, Anthony Yard is an animal. He will absolutely make mincemeat out of him. Yeah. The only other one at, at that weight class that I kind of like is Callum Johnson. I like the look Yeah, of decent. Kid. Decent. Yeah. Absolutely decent. Yeah, I think I think he beats Bullione all day as well. But uh, 
Well, yeah, even Bellotti, to be honest with you, I wasn't I wasn't supremely impressed with Bellotti either. I thought if if Jamie Spate had, had had a bit more about him, like a bit more confidence, I think he could have uh, really made a bit of an impact in that fight. Every time he pushed, every time Bellotti caught Bellotti, Bellotti did not like getting hit, and mm. uh, I think that's something they really need to work on. But again, you know, if you're putting if you're putting these guys in, you know, Jamie Spate's got a fifteen and eleven record. You know, Reese Bellotti that was his that was his tenth pro fight. And yet he's still fighting guys who who basically got losing records. But Spate, when he did land, Bellotti was going was was moving backwards and looked uncomfortable. Um, I think Bellotti is going to get massively found out as soon as he steps up to the next level. If this is what all he's capable of, but you know he's ten fights in and he's still fighting this level of opponents. Disappointing. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store. Now, I know that you're thinking our favourite piece of commentary has come from Tedley Atlas over the weekend. No, 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 it's not. Settle down. That is not my favourite piece of commentary from the weekend. My favourite piece of commentary uh, was when introducing um, Alexander Povetkin at the weekend was part of the introduction, never mind mentioning his, his record and where he's from, but he also mentioned the commentator, he's passed the drug test. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. When a fighter is introduced into the ring as a person that has passed the drug test, there's a moment of surprise, you know that some shit's gone down in the past. Mm. Another thing that um, amazed me, there's a, there's a few people that tweeted about this. I think it might have been, um, Ron Davis might have tweeted this, I don't know. But he tweeted... Um, Tyson Fury, suspended, hasn't been convicted of a doping offence, yet Povetkin fails two tests yep. in a year. Ron Lewis it was at the time. There you go, Ron yep. Lewis, uh, who is uh, and now fighting for a WBA and WBO trinket, yep. which is... Unbelievable, isn't it? It's, it's a farce, mate. It's unbelievable. And uh, we've, we've, talked, we've talked about this on previous shows, haven't we? And we've got upset about it and... You know, it, it's it's starting to look incredibly personal against Tyson Fury now that the British Boxing Board of Control have got it in for them when the likes of, as Ron has pointed out there, Povetkin, who's, who's actually failed two drug tests this year, is fighting in a joint WBO and WBA interim title fight. Absolute joke. Um, He's obviously not on the fat burners anymore, Povetkin, because he looked weighted, didn't he? He looked like he had a little bit of extra timber on. To be honest, I didn't even watch the fight because I refuse to watch Povetkin <laughs> now. The guy's a fucking scumbag. So, I watched it just out of uh, freak curiosity of hopefully that he will get knocked out now that he's not on the juice. Yeah. Or is he? Don't know. Maybe yeah. he's just uh, all that fat's hiding it. Well, don't know. You know. It's Russia, isn't it? So they probably never even tested him. Well, what, probably, well check this they, out. They probably dosed him. Check this out. Off the back of the fight, Peter Fury. Love Peter Fury. Mm-hmm. He's been on this show previously. As of his boys. Huey will go to Russia if he beats Parker. Why? Are you on fucking glue? Why? Why would you do that? Exactly. What's if you're the the, if you're the heavyweight champion, if you um, turn over Parker on September twenty third, which I genuinely believe you will, you don't have to go anywhere, mate. Exactly. Stay there. They'll come to you. There's n- nobody on the face of the planet. Go and ask Big Daddy. Right. We've had our little um, backs and forth with uh, Lucas Brown over the last few weeks and whatever. Go and ask him if he's going over to Chechnya anymore. Yeah. If he's going to go and fight out of Russia. According to him, he got stitched in that first fight. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Why would anybody go and put themselves in that situation? No chance. No chance. I don't know what uh, what Peter was drinking that night when he uh, put that tweet out there, but absolutely unnecessary why the heavyweight champion should travel anywhere. Certainly not to Russia and certainly not when there's better fights here for him anyway. Nobody wants to see Povetkin fight for this belt except potentially Povetkin. the WBO or, or Povetkin. It, it, it just shocks me that the WBO and the WBA, why did, they jump in? No why did idea. the WBA jump in with the WBA? He's still banned with the WBC, well? by the way. 
So, so the WBC they... is still saying, no, hang on a minute, because he was sanctioned to fight Ben Stavern and they both ended up failing tests and they suspended him to the WBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that the IBF also suspended him as well. Um, the noises coming out of Povetkin's camp is that, oh yeah, we're talking to the IBF and they're talking about over... Uh, reinstating him in the IBF but the WBC haven't really made any proper noise as of yet as to whether they're going to reinstate him why would they fair play to WBC Stand, stick your ground you know what I mean you 100%. don't have to dance to other people's tunes stick with it don't don't let him back in I can't believe that the other sanctioning bodies have gone yeah alright well, well we could probably come up with a reason there's some cash there's some cash knocking about somewhere isn't there yeah. as to why he's been reinstated well they've <clears throat> they've obviously been paid uh, they paid a fee, haven't they? You know, they they get paid if the fight gets gets uh, goes under their banner, which is why obviously the WBA have jumped on it as well. But have they no shame? You know, it's just uh, it's heavyweight boxing. Unfortunately, we're still in this fucking horrible time warp of nonsense that is drug cheats. And listen, I think we were bang on when we said it last week. You should have one final warning if you test positive for, for drugs and say in boxing never mind just the heavyweight division but certainly more than anything the heavyweight division one warning Te- and test you once get, you get a suspension you get a warning you yeah. come back you do it again fuck off you're gone exactly that's that's my opinion of it yeah you're gone because if you're on your final warning everybody knows then uh, you know you know yourself that yeah. you, you can't take supplements you can't take a fucking a bath that you never run yourself you certainly can't drink a bottle of water because you're like whoa whoa this is my career on the line here I cannot be caught cheating again so for me one, t- one, one chance and then you're gone you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast now then, this weekend, Channel 5, baby, Channel 5. No need for a subscription that's costing you 40-odd, 60-odd, 80-odd quid a month. No need for it. It's just terrestrial TV, a TV licence, or if you're a little bit hooky like Del Boy, just the free box. That's all you need to do. Maybe get down to your local Dixons and watch it in the window, because it'll be on, let me tell you. It is the Battle of Britain, and I'm going to take my hat off right now to both of these guys yeah, for taking this time. fight. They didn't need to take this fight. This fight does not need to happen, but... As you've heard, when we spoke to Josh Taylor, when we spoke to O'Hara Davis, those interviews are on our website. Go and listen to their voices. Go and listen to the way they speak about this fight. Go and listen to the way that they speak about their careers. It's on fightdisciples.com. Both men, there chatting away to us about wanting to know who the cocker Britain is. And we love that. You don't need a world title. You don't need a million quid. I want to know who the best is. O'Hara Davis... For me, you know what we've we've said about O'Hara Davis. When he called out Derry, the way that he acted in Liverpool, the way that he went about his business in Liverpool, we were like going, who's this dickhead? Who is he? Giving him absolutely tons. He steps up into the ring with Derry Matthews. He puts on an unbelievable performance and we go, hang on a minute, this kid talked the talk, mm-hmm. he walked the walk. That's yep. our philosophy, man. Yep. On this show, this is what we say every single time. If you're a young fighter, call some big guys out. Let's see if you can do the business. Then you do the business. We've got to take our hats off, fair play. Now he's doing it again. He's calling out the guy that everybody's saying is the best in this particular division. And he's going to go into his own backyard into Glasgow. And he's going to show him. That's what he's telling us that he's going to do. I, for one, cannot wait for this Saturday. I'm pissed off that it's only Wednesday, mate. I can't wait until Saturday night, sat there with me can of Stella and my wife beater, watching these boys go toe-to-toe. Because I'm telling you something, this has fight of the year written all over it. I think it's going to be an absolute belt, you know, and uh, it, it's funny, depending on what corner you, you listen to as well. Obviously, we, we you did the two interviews with them, which are on our website, which are both ace. Both of them make me like the, each fighter even oh, more. Like, both of them come across great. Um, 
O'Hara Davis, obviously, he, he really came on the radar by calling out Derry Matthews, and we were kind of like, who's this guy fucking above his station, you know? And then he come up with the goods against Derry Matthews, you know? He, he proved that he's got a, he, he can talk the talk and walk the walk. And I like the fact that he's different. I like the fact that he's unusual kid, and he accepts he's a bit weird. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, me too. I'm like, you know, I'm a bit weird, me. <laughs> like when you met him, and he was like in his tracksuit on the on the warmest day of the year and shit yeah. like that. We like, out his sunglasses on, which yeah. is his fucking trademark. He always wears sunglasses. <laughs> He's like, good. Nah, I like to mix it up. <laughs> All right, son. Sound. But then you can't get away from the fact that Josh Taylor's just a magnificent little talent, you know. And I think he's really gelled in there with the McGuigans and everything else. They've they've got massive aspirations for this kid. Says it all really that they're willing to put their nine and zero prospect in with a guy who's fifteen and zero. Both of them now are just that at the moment. For me, they're still just prospects. You know, these these guys have potential world title ambitions. And they could have done. What you've just said, they could have avoided each other for the next two or three years, mm. and then and then potentially fight for a world title down the line. It's amazing that they're not doing that. I would love to add my boy Robbie Davis into this mix as well. Mm. Your guy Jack Cattle, both mm. our picks for this year. Um, but to be honest, I think whoever wins this on Saturday night for me is the new kid. He's, he's got to be the boy. Like he's got to be the top kid on the block. Mm. I would look. I would like to think both Jack and. And Robbie have uh, have inquired to uh, to get ringside seats because why the fuck not? Get up there, man. You know it's like Tony Bell. You said to us, and this is the my philosophy of boxing: prove you're the best in Britain, and then you know you're the best. You know you're ready for the best in Europe, and then you know you win that. You know you're mm. ready for the best in the world. So that's all these guys are doing. A massive respect for O'Hara Davis, especially going to Glasgow as well. He's like, yeah, man, I'll fight you, and I'll fucking do it in Glasgow too. Awesome. Great show for Channel 5 and delighted it's on terrestrial TV. And I'm not being biased. I, I never went down to see Brian and uh, to, to see to see uh, Barry and the team and all that. You were down there. But listen, what they're doing, Cyclone Promotions and all that, mate, it's fucking class. I love it. Mm. Love it. I'm so excited for this fight. And now I'm going to turn it on you because you met both the guys. Yeah. You got a little bit of banter going with them. I know you've felt the affinity to them both. I'm going to put you in a shitty position now and I'll ask you to make a prediction for the fight. <laughs> are you listening guys are you listening Josh are you listening O'Hara oh, T- turn your car stereo off when you've got the, the show on turn up let's listen for Adam's prediction right this time last year get off the fence this time last year get off the fence I'm not going to get off the fence I'm going to give you a proper <laughs> answer in a minute alright this time yes, last year yeah. I said Josh Taylor smashes O'Hara Davis to pieces right and yeah. stops him <clears throat> mm-hmm. now Having and this is nothing. To, this is nothing to do with meeting them because I like both guys. They're both top top lads. Yeah, I'm going now off performances that I've seen and the performance against Derry Matthews for when Ora Davis came in, he looked absolutely massive at this particular weight. And I thought to myself, shit, this kid's got bags of confidence. Very little movement when he's fighting. He, he's going purely off reactions. Yeah, and then counterattacking. The way that he goes about his business was absolutely sensational against Derry. Now, no disrespect to Derry, we're talking about a young lad in Josh Taylor who's hungry as it comes, still got lots to prove, and he's in his own uh, front garden, let's say, in Glasgow. Even though he's an Edinburgh kid, he's fighting in Glasgow this uh, this weekend. However, I've got a funny feeling that O'Hara Davis will have too much for him. Mm. I just just have that feeling about the way O'Hara's going about his business. I've watched the kids spar. I've watched them both spar. I've, w- I've watched them both do their thing and I think they're both absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But 
This is not a massive... But Whoever loses this oh, no. fight is not a massive backward step. No, no, no. At I, all. I think there might even be a rematch because I think it's going to be extremely, extremely close. I think Josh is going to come out all guns blazing and he's going to try and blow the kid away. Yeah. I think he might even take a large percentage of the first six rounds. I just think O'Hara, he's a sharp kid, man. I've watched... I just... Watching him deal with different situations in sparring, like when there's uh, there's a kid in for a round, then a fresh opponent comes in, and a fresh opponent comes in, and a fresh opponent comes in. All different sizes, all different uh, southpaws, orthodox, different boys with different techniques. And just watching how he adapts within three minutes, I just think he will get a he's going to get a unanimous decision. Yeah, you think experience got a bit more ring maybe ring experience. experience I just think he's sw- I just think he's got something it's really weird I can't really explain it because Josh Taylor's got the amateur pedigree he's yeah. a commonwealth gold medalist for crying out loud right he knows how to go about winning fights on the highest of levels I mean the kid as he explained to us in that interview used to be a taekwondo black belt so he's, he's used to different styles of fighting O'Hara Davis is what I'd like to class as street smart mm. it's a it's a real it's something that you can't really put on. It's like an X Factor thing, I suppose. There's something yeah. about that kid when he's in there and you watch him up close. You can see his brain thinking. It's yeah. really weird. You can see him thinking when he's in there and he's figuring it out as he's going along. And I'm going to mention a name and people are going to go, fuck off, like what Mayweather does. Mm-hmm. You put all these things in front of Mayweather and he figures it out as he's going along. You can see him physically doing it and he always gets the victory. O'Hara Davis, don't get me wrong, he's not Mayweather, okay? Of course. But you can see him thinking about, all right, okay, this guy's, okay, he's tucking two rounds off me there, but I know how now to deal with that because I'm going to step to the side a little bit more and I'm going to come in round the side, round the side of the guard because his left hand's lower, his right hand's lower, whatever. He's figuring yeah. it out as he goes along. And I just think he will win. I don't think he'll stop Josh Taylor. I think he will win on points over, over, the, over the distance. Hmm. You think the other way around, don't you? You think the other way around. Yeah, I think, uh, for me, I think Josh has just got that little bit more size. He's obviously a bit taller than O'Hara Davis. I think he's a bit longer than him as well. Lend- That's the thing. I think this- he could box him. Could outbox right. him a little bit. You're could right. him for a few rounds. You're right in height. Yeah. Arms. O'Hara's got long arms. He he's got, got long reach. He's got ridiculously long arms. It's right. so deceptive because he's a smaller dude. Yeah, yeah. But his arms are like crazy, man. He's got a massive reach on him. Yeah, yeah. So it's, similar, it's exactly the same reach, yeah. even though he's a smaller guy. I agree. I think it's going to be a brilliant fight. That's why I'm looking forward to it so much. I think that's why uh, last weekend's Sky Show upset me so much, because I'm like, you know... What's the point? Step up your game, because this is coming on fr- This is coming on Saturday night yeah. on Channel 5. Like, Channel 5, this is a real fight. You know what I mean? This is a proper British tear-up. Let's see who's the best in Britain. I'm looking forward to this fight so much. But I just think Josh, home advantage, I think he's... They're both super confident kids. This is the difficult thing. And when it comes to when fights are this close, I always think, right, who's the most confident? Who's got the best swag about them? Who's the one that's going to take the experience in their stride and not panic? And, you know, you could argue Josh has done it in Scotland before, won the Commonwealth Games gold there. Obviously, he's in his backyard. But then O'Hara, man, he, he travels well. He came to Liverpool and took the in and just took. Derry Matthews to school. I'm trying not to look too much into the Derry Matthews performance because Derry Matthews wasn't the same Derry Matthews yeah, he that's once fair was. Enough. That's fair enough. And he's a lot smaller than O'Hara Davis, where in this case, Josh Taylor is going to be bigger than him. So I'm trying to have a look at that a little bit more. But listen, it's a great fight, man. I, you know, Get the splinters out your ass. You've made me pick. I, I'm going to go with Josh Taylor on points. 
I'm going to go with Josh Taylor. So you can't points. see a stoppage either? I can't see a stoppage, no. Even though both of them have got incredible stoppage power. Yeah, yeah. I don't think either of these guys get stopped. I think tough could boys, be tough a, kids. Could be a really tough fight. I think it goes the distance. I'm going to give it to Josh Taylor by about three or four rounds. Mm. And I'm going to, you know... I'm going to predict, like you just mentioned earlier, a rematch. Not an immediate rematch. No, they, do you know what this? But I think in the future there'll the, be a rematch. Hopefully me, with a world title belt mate, involved. This reminds me very similar of a of a De Gale Grove storyline. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see an absolute barnstormer. People are going to be going crazy for it. These lads are going to go off separate paths. Hopefully, pick up some world trinkets and they will come Meet back together, together at some on, point. Yeah. That later on down the line, I genuinely yeah. believe that because I, I just think they're both super, super talented. And as O'Hara Davis mentioned in the actual chat that we had on our website, definitely go and have a listen to it, fightdisciples.com. It's not the end for either of these fights. This could be the making of both of these fights. 100%, and that's no, why they're taking it, and good on them for taking it. Because of the fight itself, and it's on terrestrial TV. Exactly. We, we saw how, how, how huge numbers that ESPN did at the weekend for uh, Manny Pacquiao. They've, uh, obviously, they're now investing in boxing in the United States, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but um, this is massive. Yeah. Terrestrial TV, Saturday night. What else is there's no footy on? It's gonna be gold, mate. Absolute yeah. gold. Stick it on. I wouldn't be surprised if it did some major, major seven finger numbers. I hope so. I hope so. Because as I say, I like what I like what Barry and the team are doing over at Cyclone Promotions. I yeah. like I like the tact that they've they've gone at this channel five angle and hopefully uh, you know, they do do big numbers and we do get more events. Mm. You know, I, I like the fact that they're not trying to make this a pay per view, they're not trying to do anything. They they're selling this for what it is. It's a brilliant British level mm. uh, title fight, Commonwealth title fight in this instance, involving two of the best super lightweights in the country right now. Uh, now, the undercard for that isn't that strong. So what I'm going to advise you to do is flip over to BT Sport Box Nation for a little bit of Anthony Yard, who's in uh, a title action at the weekend for the WBO European light heavyweight title. You know what I think of him. I said earlier on that I think he'd make mincemeat at the majority of the British light heavyweights that are out there at this moment in time. Yeah. He's fighting a guy who's got a surname like a curry, Richard Baranye. Not Barry, uh, Buriani, Baranye, all right? Uh, so he's fighting him at the weekend. I think Anthony Yard will do the business on that kid. Is this a European title fight, isn't it? Yeah, WBO, WBO. European yeah. light heavyweight title there for Anthony Yard, picking up his first trinket. I've no doubt he'll do that at the weekend. Watch me have egg on my face when I come back on the show next week. Um, you've also got an interesting uh, fight for Bradley Skeet, who's started making noises about Jeff Owen. Skeet versus Dale Evans. This is his third defence of the British Lonsdale belt. I'm now going to shut up while uh, Nick has a wank. Yeah, British t- <laughs> listen, that British belt, I don't care what you say, it's worth its weight in gold, so... Uh, I don't. I've got no animosity towards Bradley Ski for making a defence, another defence of this belt. He needs to keep it wrapped around. Well, his you waist. said this. I mean, he only fought last month, and, and exactly. I commend that. Let's exactly. turn him around dead quick and, exactly. and move on. Well, you know, we 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 sat here and we knocked the fact that Shane Singleton probably isn't the best opponent for yeah. Bradley Ski at this stage in his career. Mm. However, he wants to defend that British belt, and he's doing it the right way. If he'd have sat on the belt and waited another six months to make his third defence, then I would have agreed with you and gone, "What's he doing? He's letting his career slip by." But he isn't. He's like, "Listen, let's get these three defences in." Let's get this belt on my yeah, mantelpiece yeah. for good, and then let's move forward. Mm. Uh, Dubois also on that card, uh, the big nineteen-year-old triple D baby, triple uh, D. Uh, and speaking of big heavyweights, Huey Fury makes his return on this card ahead of him fighting Joseph Parker on the twenty-third of September. We've probably been telling you about this for about four to five weeks. 
Um, again, we probably brought confidentiality, uh, but yeah. we don't care now because it's been properly announced. So it will be happening in Manchester yeah. on 23rd of September. This a little bit of a uh, blow the rust off type fight. Yeah, of course. And then he comes and does the business. It's a big one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, these these types of fights are big ones. You've got to still look flashy and half decent. You can't oh, just yeah, go in yeah. there looking ploddy, can you? Of course. Well, I know Huey's been struggling with uh, a few little knocks here and there and stuff. But uh, for him, it's different, you see, because Huey Fury... We're not talking about. We're talking about the guy that's about to have a world title fight. So, when when we're, we're debating about opponents for the likes of Jamie Cox and things like that, and saying it's weak, the difference here is Huey Fury is is literally this is a warm up for his world title and fight. He's been in out September. for ages. Yeah, he's been out for a long time. He's there. He's at the top of the tree. He's not warming up. For, he's not getting ready for his first major tournament, or he's not trying to build a career on the back of whatever. You know, this is a guy who's very much in world title class. But just listen. We, we, you know, I've been having a little pop at, at Matchroom and, and Sky Sports for last week's matchmaking. But Triple D, Daniel Dubois, in his fourth pro fight, and he's fighting a Mexican guy with a five and zero record, better, and three knockouts. So it's like, well, you know, I ain't, compl- I ain't certainly complaining about that. That's a good matchup. You're bringing in a Mexican who's undefeated mm. that obviously fancies himself that can punch a bit as well. Dubois undefeated, similar three and zero with three knockouts, I believe. This is for the WBC youth world heavyweight title which is a good belt to go to because obviously the youth is the key you've got to be of a certain age to fight for this belt so you're not jumping up you don't immediately throw you to the top of WBC rankings which would be foolish at this stage but also it allows you to fight an international opponent of this calibre that's a really good matchup for both these guys at this stage in their careers looking at this card I've got to be honest looking at this card compared to last Saturday this card at the Copper Box it's a far better card. Mm. It's a far better card. Even. And don't forget, you know, we listen. We're, we're not. Uh, we've got no allegiance to anybody. But we, you know, this is the reason why cards like last week is the reason why Sky Sports stopped working with Frank Warren and the Hattons and everyone else, and why his boxing was going under because cards like last week are a bit of a sham. Frank's got this own card. This is a BT Sport card this Saturday night. It's a solid card. Far better, far better matches than what we seen last week on Sky Sports. Listen, Eddie, we love you, man. And we love what you're doing. We love this Friday Next Gen series. Last week's, last Saturday's show should have been on the Friday. It should have been a Next Gen show. And we wouldn't be upset about it. Would we? You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, Nick's going to get dead excited because, as you know, at the weekend, Manny Pacquiao was fighting on ESPN, which is free-to-air television in the United States of America. They've announced what's coming up in August um, on ESPN, which is going to hopefully make the star rise of these two particular fighters that he absolutely loves. First of all, August 5th on ESPN, it's Lomachenko versus Mariaga. That's the fight. He's going to be in 90 million households at the weekend. Everybody's going to be falling in love uh, with Vasyl Lomachenko. Then, two weeks later, guess what? It's Crawford versus Indongo for the unification in Nebraska. Have a bit of that, mate. A unification fight. I think it's only the the fourth time that it's happened in this weight class that all four belts have actually been on the line. Crawford versus Indongo has been made. They're not putting it on pay-per-view. You, they're putting it on ESPN. Amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. It kind of shows. It shows a little bit where boxing is at the moment in America, and that the pay per view market's kind of really struggling. It's on its arse. Big. Got to invest. And but they're listen, investing, right? this is the way to do it. This is how you do it. You know, you you attract people to a terrestrial audience, and then you move it forward. Mm. Uh, you get the big numbers on terrestrial, and then when it starts really spiking, then you jump back over to pay per view. Well, Lomachenko may be the best boxer on the planet, bar none. Mm right now and he is 
but he's not a pay-per-view star in America, and neither is Terence Crawford. This is a very shrewd decision. They're doing the right thing, and once they get their numbers up, once they get a massive following behind these guys, then they will jump back over to pay-per-view, I'm sure. Mm. So for if American fight fans, it's tremendous. Obviously, we're going to get these fights for, for, anyway, for free yeah. anyway. You know, They're not going to be pay-per-view over here. It's just a case of seeing where they end up. But uh, Lomachenko coming back, cannot wait. Best thing on the planet, and... I think the winner of I think if Terence Crawford wins that fight against Ndongo, and that's a great fight by the way, because Ndongo is absolutely flying these days uh, after winning his own belt. So whoever wins that unification, I think Lomachenko could fight the winner of that in his first fight up at lightweight. Dirty. What do you reckon of Orlando Salido turning down the opportunity to fight Lomachenko on that August fifth bill for seven hundred twenty thousand dollars? Fair play to you, my friend. Yeah. Nothing less than a million for yeah. Lomar. <laughs> exactly. I ain't taking that hiding. I'm yeah. going to get out the way of it. And speaking of cash, uh, there's been a revised offer to Deontay Wilder. We told you last week that it was three million, and we were pissing ourselves that he turned it down and he wanted seven. Well, they've come back with four and a half, four and a half million quid plus the USA pay per view. Do you want it versus Deontay? Say why? Get off the bong, Deontay. Sign the contract, my friend. Take the fight. That is mental. Absolutely mental money. I'll fight him for that. Fucking take. I'll fight fucking Dillian for that all day. Take the fight, brother. Take the fight. Um, Other news that's knocking about: Jamie McDonald versus Solis. The rematch in terms of being agreed. Absolutely love the first fight. Solis was fantastic. Let's get that back on. We'll get you a date as soon as we've got it. Also, speaking of dates, Billy Joe Saunders is desperate for a date. Willie Munro Jr., September 16th. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, yes. Fancy a piece of that pie? Yeah. That is the exact type of uh, 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 opponent that Billy Joe Saunders Desperately is needs desperate that. for. A guy that's been in there with the top boys. Billy Joe goes in there, does a job. That might just unlock the door uh, to the, the top middleweights uh, that are available uh, in the world. What do you make of Kovalev teaming up with Virgil Hunter? Virgil Hunter's reached out to him. Do you want to come over here and train with me? Kovalev's now exploring that avenue. What do you make of that? If you can't beat him, join him, they say. I know, it's strange, isn't it? Really unusual. But uh, listen, it, it's kind of... That that says everything about what's happening next, though, with uh, with Ward. Ward's obviously going up. Go on. Ward's obviously Ow, going up. Hang on a minute. How long are we in? We're, all, we're nearly an hour into the show and you haven't mentioned Bell. You do it now. Get it out your way. Go, go, go. That fight's going to happen. <laughs> Let me tell you, that fight makes financial sense ah. and it makes sense for Ward because obviously once I skip the cruiserweight division, there's no pay-per-view money there, but there is big money to be made at heavyweight. Who's the one heavyweight that would be, who Ward would see as the best match the for him, i.e. a blown-up cruiserweight, Mr. Bellew. But listen, Bellew-Ward, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen because because Hay ain't fit. Hay ain't fighting again this year. Bellew's got to fight again this year. Uh, otherwise, he's just left on the on the thing so too long. I think the winner of that fight potentially. I think if, well, I've already said, haven't I? I believe that Hay would delay Bellew. He wouldn't fight this year. The fight yeah. would get postponed. Bellew would go into the new year with no opponents. But then Huey Fury would have the belt, and Huey Fury would look at Bellew, and Bellew Fury in the Northwest would be for the WBO heavyweight belt. However, Andre Ward's coming into the mix it changes all that because Andre Ward's pay-per-view in the US and Bellew right now is all about the Cheddar Ching big fight that speaking of Cheddar Ching congratulations to Sky they've managed to secure the deal for Broner versus Garcia we're dead excited about that Uh, at the back end of July that's going to be happening on Sky Sports Uh, just a little bit of a tag on the back end of that is that there is a weight penalty of a £500,000 they've obviously seen uh, Adrian Broner over the last two years uh, by sticking on that penalty of 500k 
Uh, will Broner make £140? Time will tell. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. And that, in a nutshell, is this week's show. Thank you so much uh, for downloading. You're probably still raging from our rant right at the start of the show regarding Pacquiao Horn, but I know that you've got a brain. You're a sensible person, and therefore you know full well that it wasn't a robbery. Yes, maybe Pacquiao won. Yes, maybe Horn won, but it definitely wasn't a robbery. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and debating that with us uh, over the last 24 hours. Uh, On next week's boxing show, we will obviously be discussing ITV box office. That's right, Chris Eubank Jr., Arthur Abraham, uh, for the supreme IBO, Super Middleweight Championship of the World. That's a little bit sarcasm in my voice. However, it's a great matchup. Dead looking forward to it. Even more so the undercard, who hopefully will be speaking to Robbie Davis Jr. at some point. Uh, yep. next week Lee Selby's also on that undercard as well so it's a great card for us to get stuck into on next Wednesday's show don't forget we've got our Radio City talk show for you if you want a little bit more debate on boxing i.e. talking Nigel Ben Steve Collins I know we've not spoke about it we spoke about it yesterday so get yourself stuck into that it's on our website fightdisciples.com and if you're into the world of UFC we've got another show coming your way tomorrow and there's a huge card coming up Uh, in the world of USC, which we can all get our teeth into tomorrow morning. All available on fightdisciples.com. Please subscribe to the podcast, write us a five-star review, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.